Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. I don't know if it's because of you, but... My family's now into something that we're uh-huh. doing very much. And I can't tell if it's because of you or because of Instagram. And I will <laughs> endeavor to explain. Um, I know people confuse me and Instagram all the time. We I, look so I much do. alike. I, and... <laughs> I almost called this show Fuse 8 and Instagram. And, and someone said it was a bad idea. I don't know why. Um, no, I on the Instagram, I'm very fond of this Tales from the Stinky Dragon. That would be me. That would be you. But I don't remember you recommending the Instagram account. Oh, yeah. Oh, you did? With I the did. puppets? Yeah. Okay. So the, the D&D podcast that I listen to, mm-hmm. they will do both. Uh, well, one of the characters or one of the actors on the show, his mother made felt characters. Oh, I of... didn't realize his mom made them. Yeah. Wait, whose? Whose mom? Uh, the character Mud. Oh, uh, Mud. But his brother, the guy who plays... Uh, well, the guy who plays Mud, his yeah. brother... Is also the composer, the writer, oh, the editor, the and so it's their mom okay. uh, created these felt characters. And they're very cute little well, like that's how one we got, minute my whole sketches. family got into the sketches, and they and also then, do little cartoons as well. Well, and we did, we watched all the cartoons, yep. and they just don't make them fast enough. Once you binge them all, you're done. So now I actually have to start. I, I started listening to the podcast itself, and now I understand the context. And now the kids are just totally into these characters. They're very into them. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, talking about other podcasts is probably not the best way oh, to right. begin my own podcast, but that's okay. Uh, and on this podcast, we talk about picture books and whether or not they are good or not. Yep. Yes. So uh, I got, something kind of went to my head. We, we did, the last one we did was a Jan Bretheman. So much response. So many people writing in, including, I should say, Jan Brett herself. That's awesome. Which is awesome. I thought she was and dead. And the power, she's <laughs> so not dead. She's still making picture books. They still look a as lot, good. To be fair, a lot of the books you give me are by people it's who are dead. It's a lot of dead, dead people. So, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I give you a lot of dead. Today's is a dead person. There you go. Because this went to my head. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much attention for this. We've got to do another book people have actually heard of. Okay. And uh, so it's part of, a, part of a series, I would say. We've done two of them already, but we hadn't done this one. And I'm doing this one in honor of a new picture book that's actually coming out um, by my good friend uh, Lisa Brown. And she has a book, a new picture book called The Hospital Book, uh, which is probably the most wonderful hospital book I have seen. Uh, for kids in a very long time, the one that people usually rely on is today's book. Are you ready for today's book? Okay. Here we go. Curious George goes to the hospital. Why? Margaret and H.A. Ray. So nice that Margaret gets her name on the covers these days. Yes! Curious George goes to the hospital. We've already done two Curious Georges. We did Curious George. And we did Curious George... Oh, did we didn't get some metal? No, Curious George gets a job. We did that one. And now, get some metal is another one. We haven't done get some metal yet. 
but now I am willing to return to the possibly racist world oh of Curious gosh. George, uh, particularly when it comes to the the updated, to-the-minute, high-tech, boy, you're just going to look at this and be like, how did they... How do they do such a such a contemporary book on going to the hospital? Okay. If you're afraid of hospitals, avoid this episode. Okay. Okay. While Kate does her read, let's do a little background information on Curious George Goes to the Hospital. All right, so this book comes out in 1966, right? This turns out to be the seventh and the final book that was created by the original, you know, Curious George creators. This is not to say you will not find Curious George additional books. Uh, one might say hundreds of additional books on shelves everywhere in this great nation of ours. It was sort of passed on to other folks to do. But the original books, there's really only seven of them. It is a little weird that I'm skipping to the last one today. So we have done one and then we did, I think, number two. And now we've done number seven. Uh, the only reason for that being I wanted to celebrate Lisa Brown's wonderful hospital book, which is just the best thing in the entire world, and you really should check it out. But here's the deal with this book. So it was inspired by employees at the Boston Children's Hospital who reached out to the uh, Cambridge-based Rays uh, to ask for help in getting children to prepare for going to the hospital. If you wish to do this, I would not necessarily recommend you use this book. Uh, please consider the hospital book by Lisa instead. Uh, just to remind you, though, if you want to know more about Margaret and H.A. Ray, there is a children's book that documents their bicycle escape from the Nazis. And that was in a book called The Journey That Saved Curious George, The True Wartime Escape of Margaret and H.A. Ray. So look for that. It's a little fun. Hello. 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 Hmm. We're reading about an ape. Uh, that's a monkey, Betsy. No. Did you not... know that you are in this book? Ha. Oh, Betsy. There yeah. is a Betsy in this book. There yeah. is. And she's a, I would say she's a very important supporting character in this she book. She is. She is. She's perhaps the most famous Betsy we've done on the show in yeah. a book because we haven't done any usually others. <laughs> well, because Betsy only usually appears in chapter books. So there was Betsy Tacy and Understood Betsy and all these other Betsy books. But nope, this one, it's all me, yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> and what well, a fine piece of literature to show up in. You yeah. know, it's interesting. So we meet this monkey named George. He's not a monkey, but sure. It's, it says he, he was a he good little has monkey. No tail. Moving on. Anyway, so apparently he gets curious about this box that's sitting on the man's desk. The man. The box belongs to the man, monkey. <laughs> yeah. He's always referred to as the man. Yeah, he is the man. So uh, he sees this box. It says Jigsaw Puzzle on it. And he's taking out the pieces and he thinks it's candy and he eats one. Right. Without chewing, apparently. Yep. And yeah. then... Uh, Later, the man comes in, <laughs> and he's like, oh, I see you've already opened the box with the puzzle. It, it was supposed to be a surprise for you. You know what George did there? Stuck it to the man. That's what he did. <laughs> I, why would the man think a monkey would want a puzzle? Or is he just buying things for himself under the guise of buying it for his monkey? I mean, I think... Clearly, if we have looked at all the stuff that the man does with this monkey, yeah, he's buying it for himself. Es yeah, no. Especially when... He doesn't care about this monkey. They, they put the puzzle together. Obviously, a piece is missing. But if you look at the puzzle, it's it's a custom puzzle that was made 
from the day George was taken. Yeah. It's it's the, just to remind you of his kidnapping right from the start. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an Remember odd... that time I kidnapped you? I'd like to Good make times. that into a custom puzzle so yes. we can... We always remember it again so and so again. Can, so we can take that moment apart and rebuild it. <laughs> you can relive it. Every over morning. and over. Yep. So uh, okay. so he noticed, the man notices that a piece is missing. He's like, well, I can't find it anywhere. So uh, let's just go to bed and we'll find it in the morning. And I'm like, you're going to find it in the morning in the toilet, maybe. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Yeah, that's usually how these things go. But the next morning, George isn't feeling well. He has a tummy ache. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to eat his breakfast. And so the man's like, I'm not going to call a vet. I'm going to call <laughs> a doctor that helps children. This is This is where we truly begin to understand that the man has a very weird sense of what George is and who George is. I think he knew at the beginning what he was because he put him in a zoo, but after living with him for a while, the man's gotten weirdly attached. Yeah, so he calls Dr. Baker, uh, who who, cures him, who says, yeah, I I think you need some x-rays done, so I'm going to call them and let them know you're coming. I'm like, wait a minute, this doctor is going to call x-ray technicians? No. Yeah. He, he calls nurses, apparently. That's who That's that, who do the stuff. I mean, look, I'm not saying nurses don't do this kind of thing, but you don't make the appointment with the nurses. No, there, there are extra Maybe technicians. Is, may, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Maybe this is like an under-the-table thing, and uh, they don't I mean, want to go through the usual sources. They are bringing a monkey into that's a what I'm talking hospital. About. This is so unsanitary, I can't even begin to... Explain how this is. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so the nurse comes and she gives George the monkey uh, something that's white and tasted sweet, and she says it's called barium. For those of you who don't know, barium is used uh, during a swallowing test to make certain areas of the body show up more clearly on an X-ray. Well, I'll be darned. Yeah. Huh. The so, more you know. So they have uh, an X-ray done. And uh, and they take a look, and sure enough, there is a puzzle piece in George's stomach. Right. And uh, and he's like, well, the doctor looks at it and says, well, it looks like George is going to have to stay at the hospital. <laughs> Again, not, not a great idea. Not with a veterinarian imagine, animal clinic. You but your child's at the hospital. You're with your child. You're worried about this upcoming surgery. And someone brings in a freaking chimpanzee. To be in the bed next to your child. Yeah. Well, the doctor says they'll they'll put a tube down his throat to get the piece out. It's a small operation. People, they don't do this anymore. You, you, this they don't isn't, stick tubes down. I mean, they, I've they had don't, tubes they down don't my do, throat, but... Yeah, they don't do operations like this anymore. Like, modern technology has made it a lot better. But anyway. Right, right. Um, So this is what's going to happen. So they're sitting in the waiting room next to little kids with their parents. And this is where we first meet Betsy. Hey, Betsy! But she doesn't look hurt, so we're not quite sure what's going on with Betsy here. Yeah, I don't think we ever find out what's really going on with Betsy. Yeah, well, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. All right. Uh, All right. So then it's George's turn to be admitted. And it says, twice, Betsy. Twice it says, a pretty young nurse. Well, yeah, no. A pretty no. young nurse took him to the next maybe, room. Maybe they didn't mean pretty in the sense of attractive, just a pretty young nurse. Maybe she's 12. <laughs> she's pretty young. And then the pretty young nurse pretty came back. Nurse. <laughs> I think is what you meant to say. So pretty the young em- nurse. So the emphasis is on the young. So yes. She's a pretty young she nurse. She's a pretty young nurse, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mm-hmm. don't, and all the nurses are women. 
Uh, but they... I do like their tennis shoes. They take... Sensible shoes. Well, the Crocs didn't exist back then. I know. So. I'm just saying. It's nice. They're on their feet all day. They don't have to wear high heels or something. So they give George a, uh, you know, a bracelet around his wrist, and they admit him, and they take him to the children's ward. Again, not the vet. No, not the vet. Not the vet at all. No, but, uh, he's not in a shelter. But you see a kid getting a blood transfusion. You what see, the heck? You see another kid. This, they're all in the same ward. Yeah. There's like eight beds. Uh, there's a kid who's in a what's called a go kart. Uh, not a wheelchair. No. A go-kart. That's really weird. Uh, you see a, a girl with a broken arm. And then you see Betsy just sitting in the bed. Nothing attached to her. Just, it says, looking sad. Well, she's all by herself. Her mom's nowhere in sight. And no one's talking to her. And she's just sitting in this hospital bed. Yep. So, I'd be pretty sad, too. So George goes and sits in the bed next to Betsy. Yeah. There you go. This is, this is what I was fearing <laughs> all along. So the the man goes away. And, <laughs> George, man. and George is sad because he's scared and he's alone. And then the next morning, the man comes back. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of nurses are around George. And it says one nurse takes his temperature, one takes his blood pressure, one gives him a pill to make him sleepy, and one gives him a shot. Okay, I'm looking at the nurse that's supposed to be taking his blood pressure. Yeah. It looks like a thermometer that would hang outside, like, your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a tube and a ball connected to it. I, I don't know how this is supposed to... I don't know how that does it. ...get yeah. your blood pressure... I think it's going to get the temperature outside, <laughs> and then you squeeze the ball if you want the, the temperature to be higher or lower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's 80 degrees. Oh, now it's 40. Nice. <laughs> well, maybe it's specially made for chimpanzees. Oh, okay, sorry. And, and none yeah, of them are wearing well. gloves. Oh, of course not. And not even I mean, the one who's doing the shot. She's, yeah. she's just no gloves. holding the, the needle really awkwardly. Like she's going to stab the person she in does, front of her. It does look like she could at any moment <laughs> just know ram what's... it into the behind of somebody. Well, as by. you mentioned, she's a pretty young nurse. Pretty young so, nurse. So the nurse with the needle goes up to George and says, it's going to hurt. <laughs> I mean, she's not lying. I appreciate that. Okay, but... there, there are better ways oh, to uh, do as this. As someone who takes her children to get their flu shots and their, you know, COVID uh, vaccination shots, boosters, on a regular basis... I know all too well that is not what you say to a child who is about to have a shot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and George, obviously, you know, he's scared. So he lets out a scream and she's like, the needle hasn't even touched you yet. She says, Fool. laughing. <laughs> and I'm sure Cruel it's not supposed woman. to be maniacal, but I read that as maniacal. She's yeah. like, the needle hasn't even touched you yet. <laughs> Stab. <laughs> There, now it's done. And that's why you shouldn't be afraid of hospitals, kids. <laughs> exactly. This You'll this, never encounter her. This image well, of her getting ready to stab him yeah. is the image that I take away from this book. That is the image that I'm sure many children have taken away from this book. And then they strap him to they the bed. Strap him down <laughs> so he can't get out. Like he's a criminal yeah. <laughs> getting ready to escape. Like, and uh, and they send him off into like the... Like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, like yeah. into the operating room. Oh boy. Okay. So there's only one doctor in this operating room that's putting on gloves and it's not even the main doctor. <laughs> Well, maybe he's doing that. You know, when they've like washed their hands and then their hands are like up in front of them. Is that what he's doing? Like, 
Well, you put your hands up in front of you because someone is going to put gloves well, on you. That's... No one's near him, Betsy. <laughs> it's true. He just He's sees just... the monkey coming in and he gives him a little wink and says, uh, nothing. Doesn't say anything. <laughs> I mean, it's just a monkey. If they lose it, all they lose is a monkey. So maybe gloves are not a high priority with this particular operation. I, I guess. I'm not even going to go into the medical oh my uh, equipment that's yeah. happening. I'm, it's, I'm it's not even, even going to go into it. Don't go into that. Or the Ikea furniture. So do moving not, on, we not. the George wakes up. Nurse Carol is there. She's like, we got the piece out. You'll be ready in the next day or two. Uh, and so the next morning, George is feeling better, and he sees, you know, a bunch of kids, and he starts, you know, he decides, oh, I'm just going to play with the kids that are in my ward. And huh. and he sees a, uh, a, what do you call this, a, a puppet theater. Yeah. And, and... I mean, which is pretty sweet. I mean, between that and the record player and oh, the, the TV antenna. And that, oh, look at the little the little rabbit ears yeah, on that TV. Yeah, this is a bit dated, Betsy. What? A little bit. 1966, this was cutting edge, my friend. Especially the record player. Yeah, this <laughs> is definitely um, yeah. dated. No. Yeah. No. So, uh, so <laughs> he goes to take a nap. He wakes up, and the kid that was in the... It says go kart. Go kart. Yeah. Uh, wheelchair. We He's... had wheelchairs. What? We well... had them. We had a whole president who used them. I'm baffled by the use of this thing. I, Maybe I... to keep your legs straight out in front of you? Elevated? Yeah, elevated. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Well, the kid is now walking so, on his so cast. So that. Yeah, that's great. And mm-hmm. and George decides to take the go kart for a spin. Sure. And he. Because we haven't had our moment of chaos in this book yet. <laughs> no, nope, not really. We're, we're just gonna eating a puzzle piece isn't cutting it. Nope. So he takes the go kart and he rolls it out of the room when no one's noticing, and he goes very fast down the hallway. At this point, the nurses have noticed, and they're running after him. They're screaming his name, George, George, and George is too excited to listen, and he's just doing wheelies down the <laughs> ramp. <laughs> Wait, this is a super steep ramp i would like to point out like why would you have a ramp that steep it's a 45 in a, degree ramp seriously in a hospital where people are ill like why and people pushed in gurneys and stuff like why would you and this is build why this? you shouldn't let monkeys into your hospital exactly and he's aiming straight towards the mayor who is apparently getting a tour of the hospital at this very same moment. Yep. And I'm hoping that the mayor is going to say something about a monkey being in the hospital. I can't believe I'm giving money to this hospital. You're treating monkeys. That would be, I think, the best right. thing you could say. I'm well, also a little disappointed he's not wearing a sash or a monocle. No, neither. I'm deducting two points just wearing for each a, of those things. Just a black suit. That's how you know he's important, because he has a hat and a black suit. Well, the hat's nice, but we would have preferred a sash. <laughs> well, the go-kart runs into the lunch cart, and there's food everywhere, and there's broken chinaware, and the monkey flies into the mare, and there's, you know, it's a mess everywhere, and people are thinking, well, what's the mare gonna think? And then suddenly, from up above, you can hear laughter from Betsy. Yeah. Good old Betsy saves the day. She just starts bursting out in laughter, seeing the mess, and then all the other kids start laughing, and then finally everybody starts laughing. Because nothing makes people laugh more than being laughed at by children. Because one girl laughed. Yes. It's helped... What, the the hospital not lose millions and millions of dollars? I mean, that's what we have to understand. Is that, yeah, their funding was up in the air until that exact moment. So in a way, 
Betsy saved the hospital's funding, not George. And uh, this is what's sad. The director of the hospital tells George, you've made a terrible mess, but you also made our sad little Betsy happy again. Yeah. So was Betsy in the hospital for clinical depression? I mean... I don't think that's how depression works. You don't just get cured by a monkey making mad. If you're messes. sad, you go to the hospital. Not and... back then. Well, that's then, what back they're then saying. They but no, I think she had some other surgery. Surely, I, no. I, but why does he, this guy know who Betsy is? A and B. The director of the, the hospital. The director of the hospital was very concerned with her mood. Yeah. Which I mean. Yeah, but clinical depression didn't exist for children didn't really exist back then. I'm wondering if it's more serious than just her, you know? Maybe, but it's hard to say. Yep, so then George goes home. He's had his fun. He's feeling better. He didn't sniff any ether this time, so I call that a win. Well, we don't know that. (laughs) Many people get confused and think that this is the one where he sniffs the ether, which would make sense. He's in a hospital, but nope, that's the other one. No, he just took a pill to fall asleep this time. Yeah. Uh... (laughs) Not fun at all. And a shot. And a shot. And and here, the the nurse is running out to the car, and she's saying, oh, you you got this little package, but don't open it until you're home. Or you'll sue. (laughs) And he opens the package, and it's the puzzle piece. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, okay, so let's say this thing's made of wood. Obviously, it would be made of wood. It, it is. It was confirmed in the very beginning that they wood, are, it, um, it is a wooden puzzle piece. So wood, you can clean wood. You can. But the stomach juices and yeah. other things yeah. being what they are. Yeah, it's going to smell. Gonna smell. It was inside of monkey people. It, it, it's going to be a smelly puzzle piece. It's disgusting. Oh, so, it's gross. So uh, they put the puzzle piece, well... George doesn't put the puzzle piece in. The man. Of course, because it's not his puzzle. It's the man's puzzle. It's the man's puzzle. And now they finish the puzzle at the end. And then we get to some back matter. Oh, my. So in the back matter, there this is, is... Wait, let me see which edition this is. Well, they say it's the 50th anniversary. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. The 50th anniversary. So the associate physician-in-chief of Boston's Children's Hospital wrote a little letter at the end of the book that says dear reader and he talks about what is what's changed since the book came out but then he ends it with and now in what would delight george clowns populate children's hospitals <laughs> giving cheer and happiness to parents children and even oh, the staff we worked in a clown mm-hmm. we worked it in I'm sorry. That's so He's delightful. saying that's a good thing? <laughs> it's, a, it's a thing. Mm. I don't know if there are still clowns there. Well, he's saying that there are. And then on the other side, there are tips from Boston's Children's Hospital about what you should do before you go to the hospital and what you can do at the hospital. And even this is dated. Oh, my. Because it says plan something to look forward to every day, like a visit to the playroom or a special DVD. A special DVD. A special DVD, oh, Betsy. I'll just have to dig one out of my basement for yep. you, kids. Yeah. So that's that's the book. Wow. I love that even the back matter is dated at this point. Yep. See, this is why we need more hospital books. So, ratings time. I'm not a fan uh-huh. of a monkey going into a hospital. Yeah. 
and uh, being treated next to children Mm -hmm. who are there for clinical depression, I guess. Possibly. Uh, And all all in all, it seems really odd and scary, and especially telling, uh, you know, a patient, this is going to hurt. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm I'm sure there's a better way of doing all of that, so I'm going to give it a three. Uh, Yeah, so I agree with absolutely everything you've said. Uh, This book is outdated. It was outdated when it had its 30th anniversary there, and they put that special back matter in there to try to update it. There's only so much you can do, people. Uh, as a wise man, uh, Kyle Lukoff was told by one of his students, Kyle, you gotta let it go. And that was about a book. And indeed, I think it's time to let this one go, folks. Uh, it's not helpful for teaching kids much about the hospital. And, uh, you know... It's George, but George is problematic in and of himself. So I am 100%. I was thinking the number before you even said it. Uh, I am also a three. So it's not a classic. Not a classic. I'm sorry, George. Yeah, you ain't. You ain't classic. Boo-hoo. Boo and who. All right. Letters time. Boo. Hello, Betsy and Kate. Hello. Hello. I'm a listener from the very beginning and a sporadic writer to you. Aww. I've said it before and I will say it again. I love your podcast. Aww. I appreciate the close look you take at the book you choose that week. I love Kate's fresh perspective and Betsy's librarian's views. <laughs> I look forward to growing up things we like each week and I actually listen to the very end of the podcast so I can hear what you decide to call Kate's husband Drew each week. Aww. I know, she's like the only one. I would like to let you know that cursive handwriting is still taught in some school districts like mine. Our third graders learn it, and then it is reinforced in fourth grade. I can't tell you what happens beyond that, as my building only goes up to fourth, but there are at least a bunch of kids in northern New Jersey who can read and write in cursive. I also have a question for you. What is it when Betsy says, uh, boo da boo da boo da boo da boo That's the drum roll, man. That's the drum roll when I pull the thing out out of my thing. That's what that is. Anyway. Anyway, thank you for brightening my Monday mornings each week. And that is from Lisa. Hi, thank Lisa. You, Lisa. Thank you. Yes. I'm glad to hear that cursive isn't dead yet. <laughs> so far, not. Oh, and just one more. This is a tiny one, though. It's from Jessica. I started listening to Fuse 8 and Kate. It's a delight. My almost 13-year-old daughter, Phoebe, likes it, too. Thanks for creating intergenerational joy. Aw, thanks. Hey, Phoebe. Hi, Phoebe. Are we cool? Can we be cool? Tell, tell us we're cool. Please tell us. If a 13-year-old Yes, I need, cool. I need the 13-year-old to tell me I'm cool, Betsy. Yeah, I know you do. Please. You do. Please tell me I'm cool. Moving on. Wait, wait, wait. I just want to say real quick, oh, on, okay. on Instagram, we had a, a pop-up of the picture from the mitten of the oh, yeah. fox and the owl, both looking at the mouse sitting on the bear's nose, and we were all thinking, like, okay, what, what, what are they thinking? And uh, Heather Haylock underscore author said... Mouse à l'orange. Oh, and, nice. Uh, and Vicky Johnson writes, uh, wrote on Instagram, three, two, <laughs> one, which That's I thought nice. were both very good both very options. Very good. I, I give equal points to yep. both of those. Yeah. <laughs> well done. All right. Grown up things we like. You go first. Okay. I'm starting with sad news. Um, and this is breaking sad news. I'm very, very sad about this. Um, Amy Schwartz, who did Be and Mr. Jones, just died um, just this past week. Um, wife of Leonard Marcus, the great children's literature historian. And uh, yeah, we're very sorry to hear that. She was not particularly old, and uh, but she left a wonderful legacy of children's picture books. And uh, so I might be reading Be and Mr. Jones just to remember her. 
And then in other news, I'm going to Bologna for the Bologna Book Festival this Saturday. I'll be seeing Sidney Smith and David Levithan's going to be there. And it's going to be lots of delicious Italian food. And my agent's going and I'm going to have a fun time. So Very yeah. cool. Yay. We won the Broadway in Chicago lottery for Again. for the fourth time. It is insane. This time we saw cats. Oh, you did see cats. We did. I was offered those tickets. Yeah. I declined. I had I haven't seen cats since I was about mm, eight. And I forgot just how 80s and how ridiculous it is. And the guy that was sitting to my right, I'm pretty sure he knew Grizabella. Oh, personally? So, yeah, so yeah. that was cute to see them like give little like hearts to each other Aww. during the, the end. But then the guy to the left wouldn't stop looking at his phone. Really? And the first act, I was able to ignore him. Yeah. And the second act, I wasn't having that anymore. Wow. And I leaned over the penguinologist and I said, put your phone away. <laughs> oh! And he, like I, a school marm. And he did. And I was like, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but my heart was like beating a thousand times yeah, out no, of my chest. Man, I never said I could pay attention to the dancing and the, and the, tire and that the goes up into how can you possibly follow oh, the plot yeah that complicated complex totally plot of was distracted that yep show okay the poems made by t.s anyway so i saw anyway cats. yeah well there's <laughs> you laughed you cried it was cats yep. yeah All oh right. maybe oh no the next book can't be cats the next book has to be a saint patrick's day book right oh right yeah um we'll see i'm going to bologna so we might have to miss uh saint patty's day but this yeah i'm really torn up about it poor danny boy oh danny okay if no one knows what we're talking about there'll be very confused saint patrick's day muppets video put it in the show notes and we'll go i'll put in the show notes okay we love that and until I do that and put it in the show notes, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our night nurse is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.